Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to The Range on the Believe Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. I'm Ralph Irvin, and today we are rejoined by one of my favorite guests. And while he's been on the show earlier this year, he's been more visible of late on the HBO Max show, Wall Street. He is the head of product for Municipal Sport Utility Gear, and today he gives us a glimpse even deeper behind the scenes of both the show and the brand. It's always a pleasure to talk with Dave Ortley, and he joins us here on The Range. Dave, how you doing? Awesome, Ralph. Good to see you. Good to see you, and seeing you is really key because you've been visible of late. Uh, many have seen you on Wall Street, which has been streaming on HBO Max and takes viewers behind the scenes as Municipal made its way towards launch last year. My first question is, as you watch the show, was there anything that surprised you that you didn't know? Great question. I have a, I have a small cameo role, role in that show, to be honest, but the team is, uh, you know, runs throughout they, what surprised me, they, um, you know, that show covers all of Mark's entertainment business ventures in some way. Um, Municipal got a lot of, we got a lot of screen time and a lot of coverage and they really did a nice job of sharing the emotion behind that in the midst of the pandemic, that journey. Um, yeah, really emotional. And I think, what surprised me really was just the intensity of the period that they captured in the show, mm-hmm. you know, like living it day to day. Was it, was it tough? Yeah, of course. We all, we all have been through that, you know, that period of time was so brutal, but the show did a really nice job of capturing the drama and the intensity, um, you know, and then seeing, seeing some of Mark's behind the scenes stuff where, you know, um, I've been lucky enough to, you know, to shoot up to Mark's place and spend some time with him and his team in the early stages of this thing. But, you know, of course, there are many meetings that happen that I'm not a part of. So it was kind of cool for me as someone who's been so close to it and so in it to also see sort of what happens when I'm not around, you know, these stories that I kind of hear about, but don't you know, but I'm not there to witness firsthand. So I was just a, an audience member, just like you, you know, <laughs> kind of checking this thing out and excited to see how it all went down. How about uh, seeing the reaction when the initial material samples were sent to London and it was just like a quick, no, 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 this is no. Yeah. So of course I wasn't in London when Mark got that package. It looked like it was late at night and the uh, the bellman pulled that stuff out of the elevator and they cracked open the box right there on the spot. Um, that was actually not really finished goods. Those were like super early prototypes. Um, but yeah, you know, Mark's feedback has been instrumental, obviously, throughout the entire process. If he doesn't like something, he lets you know right away. If he does like something, he's, you know, he's quick to share that too. And that's been really beneficial if, you know, we look at Mark like the most discerning customer we could ever have. Mm-hmm. So we know right away if we can get it right for Mark, it's going to be a hit. Um, and of course, if Mark wears something and we get, you know, and that 
particular product gets mark level exposure, um, it's a surefire bet. So yeah, that was cool. Those were cool. You know, watch again, watching those scenes unfold, not having been there, um, was a cool part of this whole, what a unique experience. Let's look at the road to the launch because as director of product, it falls on your shoulders to have something to sell. I mean, if you don't do your job, nobody else can do theirs. And you had to get product produced when people were hunkered down in their homes and they weren't in factories. That's true. We got lucky that we started our process, you know, so, um, a lot of your, your audience members probably know this, but the, the longest lead time component of any startup is that is the product. Um, so we got started pretty early. Part of our plan included manufacturing some goods in the U S uh, the second phase was um, building stuff, you know, in other parts of the world. And one of the reasons we did the U.S., you know, um, we focused on that initial U.S. effort. We wanted to get to market fast. We wanted more hands-on control of the process to get the product right in our first launch. And then... You know, thirdly, but really important, we wanted Mark to have an opportunity to, you know, be a part of this firsthand and to capture some of that footage of what it's really like to design, develop, and commercialize product from scratch on a, you know, a major brand and business launch like this. So, you know, I guess um, what happened midstream there was we got hit with, we, the team was actually over in Thailand building kind of our second wave of product when COVID hit. And we were worried initially we were, that we weren't going to be able to get back home because it hit with such a, you know, such force in Asia and people in the U.S. were starting to get scared. We made it back, of course, and um, we ended up launching. That was in late February. Yeah. And then we ended up turning on our website in the middle of July. So that period of time, sorry, from it's actually end of January and early February, the period of time from end of Jan to go live, which was mid July was intense. You know, the mills shut down so you couldn't get fabric. Mm -hmm. The factory workers had to stay home and weren't even allowed into you know, into the factories to cut and sew goods and package goods. Um, factory management was focused on, you know, other brands and businesses were canceling orders on them left and right. And, you know, threatening their, threatening, you know, their, their livelihoods in many instances, it was, you know, and then freight, you know, freight got messed up and that all shut down. Um, or was very, certainly very tenuous for, still is, still is Ralph. So yeah, it was a, um, a Herculean effort on behalf of municipal Mark's team, the product team to put together some type of a brand launch and get it 
you know, into the marketplace in the month of July in the middle of a global pandemic. It was insanity when I, I mean, <laughs> I don't think about it a lot, right? I'm so busy and I'm so thinking on the, about the future that I don't go backwards often enough, Ralph. And this is serving that purpose for me of thinking back to, yeah, it was a, it was a tough deal, but we managed and we had a really successful launch. I imagine when you first conceived of what you were going to launch is in terms of a line, it had, we'll, we'll just say a, a number of products, but because of the circumstances of the pandemic overall, not knowing what the marketplace would be, everything else that you had to pair that back quite a bit to be like, okay, let's go with, this as a launch that we know we can get produced and we know we can supply, or was it, let's just see how much we can get out there day one. Uh, no, we, we had to, we had to adapt for sure. Um, good to be part of a small and agile startup. And we have really great factory partners that even though they were up against it and normally you can imagine they would focus on big brands that mean a lot to their business. Um, they, our factory partners really got behind our efforts and, and they knew that we were, you know, focused on, um, on, on the launch of a business and a brand that we had invested a lot in. And they did everything they could to ensure that we had something, you know, that we had some product that we felt proud of that we, you know, could turn the marketplace on with and get our consumers excited. And so I think it was really teamwork through and through. We did adapt. We had 45 styles in the original plan. I think we launched with about 10. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, in some ways that felt not complete in, in other ways, it gave us tremendous focus and we did have, you know, we had great tops and bottoms, you know, we had shorts on shorts and, and joggers on the bottom and we had some fleece wear and tees and polo shirts on top. We had a little headwear. So, yeah, I mean, we had a full story, even though it was, a, you know, even though it wasn't as, you know, as complete as we originally intended, we were able to, you know, kind of build out the narrative and still launch with a compelling, exciting and unique, you know, product offering. There is a point in the, in the show where you pointed out that you essentially due to feedback and all the other, all the factors you had to reinvent a lot of the process with months to spare. And I know from, from talking with a lot of people in footwear and apparel development, typically you're talking about a two-year process of, of developing product to get it to market. And here you were doing it in mere months. I mean, that's a huge shift. We had to work fast. Um, we were really cautious up front not to bite off more than we could chew. So we really, we chose factory partners that had room for us. We developed butter soft, amazing performance materials early in the process. The hardest part, Ralph, in any of this is getting your fit dialed in. Mm -hmm. You know, it starts with a fit specification. You know, how do I want my stuff to fit? How, how long is it? How wide is it? You know, whatever, all these adjustments to find refinements to get the shaping right and the tailoring dialed in. And how do you fit, you know, as many body types 
as possible. You know, how do you make everybody look good, feel good, feel confident. So you do that with fit and fabrication materialization and that stuff does take, it just takes time. It takes a lot. It's an iterative process, many, many rounds of turning prototypes, bringing in fit models, fitting them on, you know, the men and women in the company, fitting them on Mark, you know, making sure, you know, and of course we all know Mark's physique. He's not built like you and me, Ralph, he's built very differently. So getting product that can look good, feel good and fit well on all these different body types takes time. And how did we do it? We worked very closely with our factories to turn as many rounds of, you know, prototypes as we could. And we rammed through fittings hours and hours and hours on end, um, of fittings, revisions, refinements, sending specifications back to factories and then pressing hard for it, you know, for the next round of fit prototypes. So, I mean, that's, I guess in simplified form, lots of turns, lots of prototype <laughs> rounds and a lot of intensity and fantastic teamwork and, and great factory partnerships. I've been thinking about the balancing act because I'd imagine that's not exactly how you want to operate. You'd like to operate with, with a year, two year production cycle and planning. But at the same time, when you are working on a shorter schedule, it allows you to adapt and really break new fashion trends and be out there right on top of when things are really starting to happen because you can adjust and meet those things. Or maybe you're just trying to start your own trends. So then timing doesn't matter as much. It's a little bit of all of that. And that's kind of the funnest part of this for, you know, I think for the team and I is how do you, what's the recipe? What are the ingredients in the recipe? How do you cook it all up? And how do you make it your own? Um, we're learning a lot uh, from, from our customer. And when you have, you know, your, when your primary channel is your own website and you really get to present products the way you, the, you present the brand and the products the way that it's like their purest form. Mm -hmm. And then you get, you see the sales results. You see returns when they happen. You engage directly with your end user um, on a on a minute to minute basis in real time, you learn so much faster, and then those key learnings inform every decision that you make. So for us, um, being really intimate and engaged with our customer base is part of our success formula and is working really well. Again, as I mentioned, you know, Mark is. Uh, a really discerning customer and he puts his product through the paces in a lot of different ways throughout his workout routine and his busy lifestyle. So we get a lot of direct feedback from Mark and Mark's team. Of course, we have our own team of experts internally. We know how to do this. We've done it for, you know, some of the biggest brands in the world over many, many years and lots of different genres of product. Um, so we have our own expertise and backgrounds to rely on. And as I mentioned, great factories that have been doing this, you know, for decades as well. So 
yeah, we cook with a lot of different ingredients. And to your last point, we're always looking ahead at where, you know, what does the future hold from a trend perspective and where do we want to hit that? You know, we're not an avant-garde, you know, our goal is not to be the most fashionable or progressive fashion forward brand in the business. Our goal really is to deliver almost luxury level comfort in a brand that is perceived as very gritty and down to earth and accessible and almost blue collar. Um, you know, everything that we do and everyone that's involved in our business is very much, you know, sort of self-made and that's become a rallying cry for us and for our, you know, very much a, a, a positioning statement and a point of difference in the marketplace. We're trying to, you know, we're building unique product that's wearable and extremely capable and lasting, durable and lasting um, and super functional. And we're doing that. We're packaging it up with unique colors and prints. And um, this is stuff that you can wear all day, every day, almost no matter what you're doing. So yeah, it's a, uh, it's a unique mix of, of, of ingredients that we're cooking with and we're learning fast and we're evolving and we're doing it on an amazing team and we're doing it in front of the cameras. It's just crazy. <laughs> it's funny because I'm, I'm, my brain is immediately drawing parallels. So, so bear with me on this, but I'm seeing a lot of things that it's like, how did this happen? How are you able to succeed? How are you able to maneuver? And I look at you in particular, where I look at Harry, you know, uh, um, coming from a golf background that's how you have to play. Whatever happens on a given shot, you've got to respond to it on the next shot. Like you've just got to deal with it. You can't worry about it. You can't play a perfect day. You're not going out there trying to set a record. You're just trying to play par. And for you in particular, as a surfer, I mean, that's what you're doing on every wave. You don't know what's going to happen. You just kind of have to ride it and, and do your best to stay up on your board. I mean, so analogous to, you know, how we live our lives overall. Right. And like, the, you know, I mean, from a golf perspective, yeah, you sit on the tee and it's where, you know, how are you going to play? How are you going to play this hole? Where do you want to place your tee shot? You know, what's the right angle into the green? Where do you want to land it? What's the, what are the elements doing? You know, so there's all, you know, and then there's that, that creative component to it. Of course, when you're on the green, how are you going to hit a certain shot? What club are you going to select? What's the right tool for the job? How do you get the thing in the hole? At the end of the day, there's so many ways, right? There's no one way to do it. Right. Uh, um, you know, and this, all the scorecard knows at the end of the day is, did you make par? And uh, we apply all of those um, learnings and strategies and tactics in business as well. You know, and, and yeah, Ralph, surfing is the same way. You got to pick the right board for the conditions. You've got to know where to sit to catch the best waves. You have to be ready to compete. And when you do catch the wave and it's, um, you know, it's a living, moving, energized thing. How do you artfully, you know, draw different lines and create, you know, and do the dance and do it, you know, in real time as the elements are affecting the wave and you and your board. And so 
business is the same way. You get, you got to look ahead at what's coming. You've got to be ready to maneuver and adapt at, at a, any given moment. And what really matters is, you know, do you, uh, do you get to the finish line kind of on time in the way that you hoped? And ultimately, how does the scorecard read? <laughs> right. And that's the, the funnest part of all of this is hearing directly from our consumers on how they think we did. And they're not shy about telling us what, and what I will say is we've had a lot of, I mean, to this point, success, um, in terms of consumer response, uh, beyond our expectations and for sure we missed on a couple Ralph and the forgiveness that our customers have given us for anything that we've missed on is also really cool and heartwarming. And you realize that, especially with wall street, the show on HBO max, like they're living this with us. And I think that that's been, you know, the coolest, funnest, most unique part of this whole journey is that the community aspect of it internally and, you know, on end and on the outside, people want to see this thing succeed. How has the show affected uh, the business? It's been out now a few weeks and I have to imagine that there's been a spike in, in terms of a traffic on the site and hopefully in terms of sales. I mean... I've been doing this, I've been in this business for 25 years, Ralph. To me, this is unprecedented. I've never seen anything like it. We knew it would have an effect. We did not know what the outpouring of support and love and care and desire to see us um, continue to do great things. Like it's been... Um, it's been an amazing show of support from the municipal community and the self-made message really resonates with our audience and they're showing that level of support and enthusiasm for the show wall street and for our municipal business by showing up to the site every day. Traffic's been insane. And, um, in some cases we were prepared for it, you know, like we have stock, we have inventory to sell one of the, we've always said this too, especially Harry's been, he said from the start, Hey, if we run out of stuff, won't that be a good problem to have? And we all know what he means. It is a good yeah. problem to have because Ralph, we're in an out of stock situation on a bunch of gear. So if you're interested in municipal.com gang, go check it out and you'll see very quickly. We have a lot of stuff to sell for sure but we're in a sold out situation and we're really pushing our factory partners um, to get, to get us product as fast as humanly possible. And right now with the mills delivering materials slowly with cut and sew floors being impacted with every major brand in the world need, wants and needs product quickly. Now you can't get in a container sea freight container to ship product from, you know, from Asia to our local port. Even our distribution center here is going full tilt daily to get orders out the door. We've seen a 
all I can, I can't share numbers, but I can just say that the response has been phenomenal, heartwarming, more than any of us could have ever imagined. And we're doing our best every day to keep up with it and to ensure that we can keep, you know, delivering lots of good gear to the folks out there. Well, the site's been live for almost a year now. How do you feel uh, about uh, the product you've been able to put out there? Oh, we're all really proud, Ralph. Our t-shirts are literally the best fitting, softest, most, you know, highest quality, very well-made stuff, you know, and we're selling truckloads of t-shirts. Very proud of all of them. Um, our fleece wear, what we focused on with fleece was um, the right weight of fleece, right? So there's a lot of, you know, hoodies and sweatpants out there that are too heavy and you only want to wear them three months out of the year and then you're cooking. And then there's fleece wear that's, you know, maybe not the best quality um, and it doesn't provide a lot of warmth or any coziness or comfort at all. And our real focus was almost an heirloom level quality in our fleece wear, where it, you, you're going to have product for 10, 20 years, like it's that well-made, but also delivering this amazing first feel, amazing softness and comfort and coziness when you put stuff on. Um, and then having it look good and sharp and fit great, very pleased with tees, fleece. Um, just in the last couple of months, our shorts business has been off the chain. Like, um, of course, the weather's warming up and people are getting outside and people are working out more, really care about how they look and feel and wanting to get in shape and wanting to just, you know, be healthy and feel their best. So our shorts and performance tees business has lit on fire. And that really coincided with the seasonality, of course, but also Wall Street debuting. Um, oh, I can't leave out hats. I'm wearing one of them now. Um, I think our hats are the most comfortable, um, well-fitting hats in the game. And we did some unique things. They're full custom end to end. We didn't just buy a hat off the shelf and slam a logo on it. So our sweatbands have stretch built into them and moisture wicking properties. Our um, base fabrication, the material that hats made out of it has to have four-way stretch, mm -hmm. breathability, moisture wicking properties. We have no tags. So tags can... You can sometimes they show through the hat. Sometimes they're just uncomfortable. We have no tags in any of our product at all. None of our garments, none of our accessories. So, um, and then only premium materials in everything that we do. And we aim to deliver amazing first feels, long lasting quality, uniqueness, and materials that really move with you throughout your day, no matter what you get into. So last one is, you know, Mark is a former Calvin Klein underwear model, largely credited with creating awareness around the boxer brief silhouette mm -hmm. Calvin Klein really introduced. Um, Mark's very particular about underwear. He's been asked a zillion times over the years to help other businesses launch underwear programs and he never did it. And, um, 
we worked on two styles of boxer briefs with Mark. One is an everyday boxer brief made out of an amazing luxury, luxury modal. It's called the everyday boxer brief. The other one is called the tech, the tech boxer brief. And it's really more of a, a more active workout training, running, cycling, you know, whatever it is that you're doing for your, your training routine. Um, they fit incredible, look fantastic, great support, great performance properties. And so we have a killer underwear program. Those have been the stars of the show, you know, it's a pretty nice mix, Ralph. And we're <laughs> pleased with the results so far. And we have a lot of goals for the future. We only want to get better. Now you are a beach guy. We documented that last time you were on the show with us. So you grew up on the beach now in San Diego County, but you also have been active and in sports in all different realms, really in, in sports where how would you describe the fashion for people that have seen glimpses of municipal on the show, but don't quite have a grasp of it? What, how would you describe municipal as a fashion line? We're fond of, we're fond in the office of calling it hyped basics. Like it really is, um, kind of these foundational uh, products that are in every guy's closet. Um, they form the, the basis or basics of every guy's wardrobe, stuff that you can wear every day. The styling is unique in that um, there's, some, there's some, street, some street style inherent. You know, there's a kind of a real almost blue collar self-made like street style quality to like, that's part of our design DNA. And that shows up in some of the workwear details that we've built in some of the, a lot of the color that we've chosen, very bold and expressive. Some of the graphic prints that we use um, and really just these little red line signature um, design details that are ever present in all of our products. So there's, a, there's, it's a combination of, you know, what the industry calls right now, athleisure, um, combined with some street style and a little hyped basic fashion sense to totally unique mix. And then of course it's got to go through Mark's filter, you know, and, you know, I'm from, you just south of New York city and it's where I grew up and I'm a West coast transplant and Mark is from Boston and obviously is a West coast transplant living in Hollywood. It's really, you know, and same, same with a lot of folks in the building, Harry's from Atlanta. He's from Atlanta, Georgia, our CEO and owner co-founder and uh, has been in San Diego now for a long time. So you get this, holistic you know you get the east coast west coast combo and you get really a self-made ethos running through everything that we do and it creates that's our formula ralph it's it's uh trying to give every guy out there accessible luxury with styling that sets them apart 
but that they also and challenges them in some ways, but also makes them feel really comfortable and confident. Um, it's unique. It's been part of our secret to success. There's a lot of athleisure out there, not naming any, any, any other brands, but it kind of all looks the same. And um, that was a key for us was how do we differentiate ourselves aesthetically, stylistically. So when we put those guardrails in place of who we wanted to be and the focus was um, when designing into this th three seasons of product now are in, in, in the works, it's crazy how, it feels like we just turned it on yet. We've already designed three full seasons. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, I spoke with Sean Madigan who heads apparel at Adidas golf. And we talked about fashion for us, everyday guys, just you and I just regular guys. How important is it to find a style that's your style and stick to it? Or do you think guys can bounce around in different looks time to time? That's a great question. Uh, Sean and I worked together for many years at Adidas in the early days. Awesome guy. I think, um, I think developing your own individual style is important to just feeling comfortable and confident and good in your own skin. And too many guys are reluctant to experiment, mm -hmm. try different things, or they have hangups, you know, that they just sort of need to move past and effort in trying to find what looks and feels good for you. And Ralph, there's so much that goes into it. Your, you know, your build, your physique, where you live, what you do for work, the color of, you know, your skin tone, your eye color, uh, you know, what you intend to do, what, what's the use case? Like what, what are the, what paces are you going to put your gear through? Um, how does your significant other dress and what are they comfortable with? You know, how old are you? All these things, right. And many more. Um, what are the trends that are happening at the moment? You know, uh, all of those things factor into, um, helping any individual find their authentic style. And, uh, I don't think there's any one, I don't think there's any one style that works for everyone. And I just encourage freedom of, you know, freedom of expression and the willingness to not get to move past your hangups and try different things. Having said that, there are basic foundational elements that every dude out there owns and relies on mm -hmm. underwear, base layer stuff, t-shirts, fleece wear, you know, easy to wear jackets and pants, uh, stuff to work out in stuff that looks at home, whether it's in the office or at a happy hour or out to dinner with your spouse, you know, product that's great, easy to travel with, whether it's a simple road trip, for a weekend, or if you're really going on something, you know, a major trip. I mean, Ralph, what you're going to see from us, continue to see from us is product you can play sports in, go, go play golf in. Um, all of this is in the pipe and uh, designed to excite the market and help guys figure out what they look good in and feel good in. Now I have to ask this, not mentioning any 
brands, but is there a look out there, a trend that you've seen recently that just makes you shake your head and like, what, what, what is this? What is this garbage? Um, I mean, what's, what's happening right now for sure is that silhouettes are changing. So for a long time, uh, pants got really skinny shirts, got super skinny. Not everybody can wear that kind of product. You know, they call it, so they adapted it. Is it athletic fit? Is it modern fit? Is it tailored fit? Is it tapered? Is it skinny or slim? You know, this has been 15 years of slimming happening in so in, you know, um, apparel silhouettes. What's for sure happening is stuff's getting a little more generous, a little easier to wear, um, moving more toward comfort and away from that type of tailoring. To answer your question, my sons, I have three of them, and they walk in every day in the most oversized, biggest, baggiest pants I've ever, <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen, I was going to say that I've ever seen. We did see it in the early nineties. I was going to say the crisscross era and such. Totally. I mean, <laughs> at least not they're not wearing backwards. shirts backwards. <laughs> not wearing them backwards yet. That's coming. I'm sure. Cause it all comes full circle, but yeah, silhouettes have just gotten incredibly oversized and we'll never push it to that extreme. I don't think, you know, our goal really is how do you look good and feel good? How do we fit as many body types as we can out there with comfort and confidence and style? We try to hit that, you know, the bullseye for us is that, you know, that, you know, that mid zone, that middle zone where most guys feel comfortable and, and look good. Okay. So here is, here is your tough question. You get one item from municipal that you get to keep in your closet or order from the website. What is it? Oh, how do I narrow it down to just one? Uh, that one item, I'm going to have to just say super blend, super blend t-shirts of which I'm wearing right now. And the customer agrees. It's our super blends are our, from a unit volume perspective, there are best sellers on the site day in and day out, week after week, super blend tees. Got to go there. But I'm going to tell you this little sneak, uh, sneak, um, or early read for your audience, Ralph. In the next week, we have a new short hitting called the Sport Utility Short. It's a next level. It's a next level product in every way. That one, I was hemming and hawing. Am I going to go T or am I going to go with that Sport Utility Short? And that thing is a banger. So. Look for that on the site in the next week. Okay. We'll do that. You've ridden a scary, bumpy road with Municipal, and now you get to focus just on delivering great new products to consumers around the world. You've also jumped back into the fray with me, which I appreciate. I thank you for that, and it's always great talking with you. Great talking to you. Thanks for the continued support and sharing this with your audience, Ralph, and we'll look forward to the next time. That was Dave Ortley, the Director of Product with Municipal. Their story was a big part of the new series Wall Street on HBO Max, and I recommend you check it out, as well as the collection of apparel at municipal.com. And check out that all-new sport utility short 
If they're selling like I expect they'll be selling, you'll want to get in on that very early. Now, before we go, there were some interesting happenings in the world of golf this past week. First, Rory McIlroy returned to the winner's circle with the Wells Fargo Championship. Keep in mind, Rory had missed the cut in three of the seven tournaments he entered this year, and had missed the cut in his last two. The one thing Rory commented on earlier this week was that after years of playing a sweeping draw off the tee, he is now committed to playing a fade. Changes like this come from working with a swing instructor to fine-tune his game. It's a big reminder to us all that if we want to play better, score better, and essentially have more fun, we should not necessarily be holding on to what we've done over the years, but instead focus on the golf game we now possess. And if you really want to play better, work with an instructor and fine-tune your approach. The pros do it, and so should we all. Secondly, the U.S. won the Walker Cup over Great Britain and Ireland this weekend at Seminole in South Florida. We're coming up on the anniversary of the Range podcast, with it the anniversary of golf's return to television from COVID-19. That's right, TaylorMade's driving relief event was also at Seminole on May 17th, 2020. Two events in a year's time from such an amazing course leaves me hopeful that we will see it again sometime soon. Seminole's history, design, and overall golf greatness is a fantastic reminder to us all about how amazing this game can be. And I'm going to miss seeing it sweeping fairways and fast greens in beautiful HD. What's new for 2021 in golf equipment? Find out with the Golf Spotlight. We are dropping new features all the time, looking at clubs, accessories, footwear, and more. Go to thegolfspotlight.com, click on the YouTube subscribe button, and turn on those notifications so you never miss one of our features. There is a lot to catch up on. Stay up to date on the range by following us on Instagram at The Golf Spotlight. We're also on Twitter at Golf Spotlight. We welcome your comments everywhere. You've listened this far, so subscribe to the range on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify or iHeart. We have new shows dropping every Wednesday. That'll do it for this episode of The Range, so let's hit the course, but remember, you don't know how it's going to work out, but you got to make your way through it. Keep grinding, and we'll talk to you next time, right here on The Range. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.